Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Earlier today, I was making a list of what I consider to be red flags, and I think I wrote 18 things. <laughs> and I discovered that. Then as I was writing, Maureen showed me a list and she had at least seven. And I discovered that perhaps we can't do red flags and deal breakers today. Maybe we can just do red flags. And the reason I stopped the list was because I, dis- I realized it was long. So I did that we can't do everything. So, uh, when I was writing, I, I was getting wiser. I was hearing things like, being in a relationship does not mean you have a relationship. I'm like, ah, I, it took, yes, situations, so it took relationship to be bringing out those, this well of wisdom that Pastor Freddy always talk about. Okay, so that's why we're doing it for a month. The Tennessee will do it for longer if I notice I don't have enough quotes at the end of the month. Because we want it to be interactive, I will rush through my list. I'll do, I'll spend like 30 seconds to 45 seconds on one red flag. Max 60 seconds, because some are bloodier than others, right? So I'll just spend pam, 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 pam. So that means I'll be done in less than 18 minutes, right? So I'm wondering we'll rush through our own. We'll now take questions, because it's possible that what you consider to be red flag is not here, or something is here and you didn't consider it to be red flag. You know, sometimes this thing that they say have common values, it's possible that the two of you have the same red flag, so you don't spot it. You understand? Have you seen husband and wife before that are very condescending, right? Husband and wife, they go to a restaurant and then they are abusing the waiter in tandem. Husband is saying, yeah, it's very stupid. Look at him. The wife too is saying, clumsy. You, you know why the two of them can be like that? The red flag that one of them was supposed to spot, the two of them had it. So it became a blind spot. It just blended so they couldn't see it. So it's possible we mentioned something that I didn't know it was a red flag, but now you now see it, right? So, and then you talk about it. So I would um, quickly go through my own. Number one, when you notice the person is very reluctant to apologize when wrong or when it's clear that somebody has been hurt. You know, there is, I'm sorry when I'm wrong, and then there's one that you're not necessarily wrong, but you can just see that the person is feeling bad. And, you, you know, thing you to gaslighting, you turn it around and say, uh, I'm not wrong. You know, people that like to argue. For people that are dating, lawyers, yes, well done. Because, <laughs> no, no, it's true. Because there is that need to prove that I'm right. Even when I'm saying I'm sorry, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying That's it may not be true. They still won't agree. That's why they're lawyers. I, I want to quickly skip to number 18. Some people are already arguing now. So I'm about to arguing now. Just because I said lawyers, it was not an invitation for an argument. It was just a case scenario. It could be wrong. And it's not, it's not, you're not guilty until you prove yourself innocent, right? Mm-hmm. 
I said you are not. You now, okay, sorry, number two. Pettiness. Making, there's one idiom. They say somebody makes a mountain out of a molehill. Yes, you create a storm in a teacup. It's small matter, you blow it up, you, you know, and all of that. Um, some people expect gratitude ridiculously. You know, for, you know, it's one thing for me to want to tell you thank you. It's another thing for you to be demanding it for every, for every little thing. And those are the people that make you feel that you should be grateful that they are dating you in the first place. It's a huge red flag, yeah. Um, pride, pride. And some people have standards in their mind and the idea is to bring you up to that standard such that, okay, ah, you check everything on my list but remain these two things. So it's my duty for me to now <laughs> upgrade you <laughs> to meet these two things and every time those things are in contention you see the aggression you know it's almost like you may feel like you're back in school like the aggression of your school teacher every time you miss what they used as example in class you know there's the one that you miss new question there's the one that you miss the one that they've already taught in class teachers used to put down an exam so that everybody will pass but some people will still fail that one. The teacher will get very, very aggressive. Okay. Um, yeah, so the next one is closer. There is the messianic complex where the person is making you feel like I'm the one that I've come to save you. I'm the one that I've come to deliver you. When I met you, there's one in Hollywood. Yes, when I met you in the gutter. I heard that line. So many movies. When rich man marries poor man, poor girl. Oh, sorry, when rich man marries poor girl. <laughs> when rich woman marries poor man. He said, when I met you, you were nothing. You, were nothing. you know that's... Were you not strolling up and down? So. Yes. Unguardedness. So, some people, you find that they, they talk anyhow. They talk anyhow. There's no... There's no bridle over their tongue. As I'm saying it now, if there's anyone you want to ask question about, because I notice that if I have to talk about everything, it will be a one-way street. Right? So, lack of accountability. You know, he tells you he's in Lagos. My time is uploading picture. He's in Obudukatu Ranch. I'm like, ah, you did not, and he doesn't feel the need that you should have known. There's no. I move, you know, um, this. I'm going to quote the scripture. If I don't quote the scripture, how will I flow? The, the wind goes wherever it listed. Eh? So is a man born of the spirit. I'm not supposed to. You're not my mother. Why should I tell you? You know, uh, hey, you know that thing. So not having accountability starts to breed lies, right? Or then you don't trust the person. There is mistrust. And it's a recipe for disaster if you are in a long-distance relationship. It's worse. Um, it's terrible decision-making process. You know, I've seen all manner of funny decision-making process. You know, especially when it comes to money. Somebody can just say, "What is money for? It's for spending." And then, do you understand? What else is money for? What are you keeping? It? What if you die today? What if Jesus come tomorrow? You know, all, all manner of things. You know, I've heard all manner of ridiculous things where people make funny, funny decisions. And once you are in a relationship, you've lost the right to make decisions. 
It's tricky, but <laughs> at least you've 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 lost the right to be unreasonable, right? Because you are now moving with somebody, and the person expects some level of reason. You cannot just make decisions unreasonably. You understand? Somebody maybe you had a conversation and like you're gathering money to do something. You need to gather up to a million. Now get to 750k, and the guy feels. I've learned that if you gather, 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 and it's not up to just spend, start again, and the person blows the 750k because. Starting a game means you will now get here faster. Some things you can't relate to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one, okay, yes, or, or when people are unnecessarily stubborn, some kind of stubborn behavior. I saw a child one time. The, they were going to school, three kids, but the child was insisting that, so the mom just opened the door for all of them to go out. But the child said, no, 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 I, I wanted to open the door. I'm the one that wanted to open the door. And the child started crying. Was throwing tantrum. The mother and the other kids went. The child went back inside, locked the door, then opened the door again, then came out, then stopped crying. You know, you find adults behave like that, just unnecessarily heady. If you don't call me, I won't call you. you, you, you call somebody, call. Now, what's, what's the trophy for not calling? Do you understand? What's the... What are you trying to gain? You know, some people, I won't say sorry first. You know, some people will tell them to say sorry. They will say every other word than sorry. So at the end of the day, they will say, well, I didn't say sorry. I'm, there's no trophy for it. There's this headiness that came from primary school, secondary school. So people carry it all the way till they are 40, right? So it's something you need to watch out for. Uh, nine, this one I will not explain. Poor personal hygiene. Everybody knows that I, you can, yeah. They said some men spend less time in the bathroom than children. <laughs> hmm. But then, uh, not cutting. So the idea is that a lot of men are guilty of this, especially men in Lagos, where you feel you cut up until she said yes. After she said yes, then it is a hunter mentality. You know? Like you're hunting in the bush, you set trap, you sleep. Once you catch the animal, there's no need for all of that again. So all the gifts, everything you were getting, all the calls you were getting, you got it up until it was just the wooing process. As soon as you have said yes, then there's no need to call again. You're not busy. You are, you are here now. Meanwhile, you're not yet married, though, so you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing, this one is from you. If you notice that for whatever reason when you're around him or when you see his call, you're not happy. And you can't place it. You can't place it. And this is a spiritual thing because how sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us instructions is by peace. You know, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule. That word rule, the root word means umpire, like referee. Let it be what decides for you. So if for any reason you're around the person, you're anxious. You can't be yourself. You are working on eggshells. You are not happy. You are not free. You know it's a terrible red flag. Sometimes you can't point why. That's that's why it's more red. Because if you can point why, then you deal with it. Sometimes the only goes not let you see why. So that the only solution is go. Because if you see why, you can feel ah. Uh, let's fix it now. Is it just this? That's only anger. Let's let's fix it. Sometimes you don't know why, and it's God that is helping you. So when you don't know, don't do. Just leave. Right. Disrespect. Yes, some people come from homes where what means respect is different. So sometimes if it's a cultural difference, it's something that you can accommodate. But some things are 
disrespectful in every language, in every culture. It's just disrespect. There's nothing. Yeah, so um, when you see that, it's a red flag. Now, these things I'm listing are red, are red flags. Eh? They are not necessarily deal breakers, as it were. There are things that you just need to note. When we do list of deal breakers, you, you see what I'm talking about. Uh, 13, person gossips too much. You're always talking about other people, other people. Social media now has increased the scope of other people you can talk about. You know, there are some people you never meet, you never interface with. That is never going to, you're never going to matter in their life, they won't matter in yours. But for whatever reason, you can spend two hours on it. And you bring your partner into that conversation. Meanwhile, the idea is to come together for purpose. And you guys are not about to start gossip blog or, you know, <laughs> that kind of time wasting. Over time, comparison will start. Uh, you know, you see my, you know, see my friends, see what they are doing. Why can't you do the same and all of that? Yes, this one, the pessimist. Someone who is just eternally pessimistic. It won't work. <laughs> I saw a movie once, and two brothers were about to do something. The younger brother is always pessimistic. So the elder brother was like, why are you always pessimistic? Why are you always negative? The guy said, I'm not negative. I'm positive that you will mess it up. Do you understand me? The everly pessimistic person, it won't work, it won't work. Why will it work? How are you sure? You know, the, you can't build with that kind of person. Number 15, somebody that parties too much. Yes, you know, it's not, it's not okay for... <laughs> you know, sometimes it can be common ground. You know, you met in a club, so you're always partying, party, you drink. Eventually, in a marriage, it's not okay for father and mother to be hungover in the morning that the child is supposed to go to school. <laughs> because it can be common ground in the beginning. <laughs> true life story. <laughs> I quickly tell you a true life story. So, there's a guy and a girl that met in this kind of scenario, and they had this kind of common ground. They party, they drink, and it's fine. Then they caught the husband for a crime and sent him to prison. In prison, he joined a group called Nation of Islam, right? Nation of Islam, they are a very erudite group. They read a lot. In fact, a typical person from that group has read the Bible more than 50% of Christians. They, know, they read books. So the guy went into prison, a yeah, yeah guy, he came out with suits, you know, reading, using big words. The, the marriage nearly scattered because the girl was like, ah, where's my party, yo, yo, guy? No, the guy, no, no, no. You need to have purpose. You need to, be, yes, you need to focus, you know. <laughs> and the girl would still be talking, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna. No, 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 no. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to enunciate. You need to. <laughs> when we found them, when we were watching them, they were in divorce court. You know, so, yeah. Uh, somebody who is too closed up, not emotionally available. Isaac used to ask that question for a friend. Uh, you know, someone that's not emotionally available, not emotionally available, and all of that. Uh, I like this one. Somebody who keeps you a secret. You know, I'm a very private person. I'm a very private person. To your close friends, you're a private person. In your church, you're a private person. Uh, that's recipe for disaster. There's, the reason why you're private is because there are other, yes, yes. Yes. Then the other side is that some people don't keep you private, but they only introduce you to people that are not significant in their lives. So you are not introduced to their father. You are introduced to other friends that are like them. You understand? And when you come around, you're like, hey, our wife, our wife, our wife. 
People have used our wife to cook a goosey, cook soup, wash plates. Meanwhile, those boys saying our wife, they know that you are not. Do you understand? And you can even tell from the way they are that these these are the kind of people that they can introduce you to. Yeah, do you understand? Yeah. Number 18, which is where I now decided to stop. Um, if you are just around somebody, you say, what are we doing? You say, no, 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 don't do, if we call it something now, it will jinx it. <laughs> There's trauma from back that, see, all, all my relationship, I'm always going fine until I call the person a name, fiancé, girlfriend. Once we put name on it, it will scatter. So, are you not having fun? Are we not? Is it not good? Is it not? Are you? Are you do you understand? They will say, once you put a name on it, once you ask, what are we doing? It's cause for quarrel. They will change it to quarrel, then apologize. Then you yourself, you'll be feeling, am I being too demanding? I'm being too forward. This is like 11 months later, right? You didn't come. I so I'm two years. Am I being too forward? Yeah, so those are my 18. We'll take questions shortly. Hey. No, it's 18. It's 18. You wrote 20. Okay, well, well, we can't argue with the lawyer, can we? It's 20, I believe you. Okay, so before we go on, I have one definition of red flags I would want to share with you guys. It's my personal definition. So the red flags are side effects of a life not submitted to God or a life not fully conformed to the image of Christ. So when you're measuring all of these red flags, it's an indication, it's an indication of, of how far or how close that person is to the image of Christ. So if you want to pray, you know what to pray about. It's not to start from the red flag. Sometimes this person just need more Jesus in their life. So like I said, I have it. Number one, they do not have a personal relationship with God. And when you try to talk to them about it, they're like, oh, me and God, we are just chilling. We do not want to get so, I don't want to get too close to God because it's like this, right? You know that there's trauma somewhere. Then, number two, they are very controlling. They want to know your every movement. They want to, when you're with them. They want to know your every movement. Whenever you're close to them, they will pick up your phone and go through your call log just to see how many calls. They will check how many minutes you've spent talking to this person. You will have to explain what you were talking about with that person. They are like that. Some of them will call you on the phone. They're like, hey, baby, how are you? You say, I'm fine. Where are you? I'm at home. Are you sure you're at home? Yes. Okay. Give the phone to your friend. Let me speak to your friend and say hello. Personal experience, guys. That's a personal experience for me. Snap with spoon and um, microwaves. I know you're at home. They're very controlling. Nobody's supposed to control your life like that, right? Number, I think that's how many? Count it to, I'm not counting again. They make you feel insecure at every time. They're always pointing out something that is not working in your life. They're always pointing out, oh, you're fat here, you're slim here, you're too short, you're too tall. Even you say, have a problem, right? They're always making you feel insecure. They're abusive. So my abusive here is not just one. I have that verbally abusive. They can talk you down with their words. And remember, human beings are prophets, right? So when they consistently keep talking to you like that, over, over a long period of time, you will start sinking and you start believing it and start hating yourself. Those people run. 
Some of them are also physically abusive, right? On different spectrums. We have those of them who are all mentally abusive. We have those who are emotionally abusive. Then there are some who are also very spiritually abusive. They lord their spirituality over you, like they have spent more time with God than you, right? They are there. Then, I think this is number four. Those people who are obsessed with themselves, they can never... I understand self-love is important, but it can get to an extreme. There are certain persons who cannot think of anything good happening for you. They can't take care of you. All they care about is themselves. If at all they're taking care of you, it's because it's going to make them look good. Not simply because they are nice, right? That's evil. Evil! Then, those of us who are always very angry for no reason. Sometimes you're even the recipient of transferred aggression. Maybe someone offended them at work. Because you're the closest person, they will transfer their aggression and you become their punching bag when you let them. We also have those ones who are very jealous. Those chronic jealous lovers, male and female. Red flag. Then there are those who gaslight you and make you question your insanity. You'll be like, Haba. Your sanity. Yeah, sorry, they'll make you question your sanity. You'll be like, uh-uh. I watched one movie. And in that movie, Sophia parked his car somewhere. By the time he came out, they had stolen the car. So Sophia came and said, I drove, I parked here. <laughs> I came down with my right leg. <laughs> <laughs> Some people you're in a relationship with can make you, make you question, am I right? Sorry, Sorry to, to just to add to that, you know, have you ever seen people who are showing you the message they sent to the person that, see what I said now, has this thing rich anger? You, tell me what is insulting in this message now. So they will show like four people, hey, 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 I, I thought I was the one that was, see the message now, see the message. Yeah, then there are those ones who also want to isolate you from family, who want to isolate, isolate you from friends. They want to isolate you from everyone who, who occupies a significant position in your life. You know what the enemy tries to do? He tries to isolate you, then finish you. Smack down. If you watch wrestling, right? Finish him. You watch wrestling. <laughs> so there are those people who want to isolate you. I think you mentioned people who disrespect people. There are some who also disrespect everything you stand for in life. I could have written more, but no, let's stop there. Okay, so we'll start to take questions now. I, I noticed uh, very single Lagosians is online. <laughs> and he's asking for his friend. So please, let's start to take the questions very quickly, because I imagine that there'll okay. be... Please, let's give him mic, please. Yeah, thank you. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, so my question is, so you um, like you just um, gave us a list of red flags and red flags and all that. So for others, like what about the other person? Because ah. when you, the other person, because when you talk about uh, when you talk about people talking, like people disrespecting people. There's something that also leads to that disrespect. When you talk about, um, um, you, you made mention of, um, um, let's say, mouthwashing. Huh? 
gaslighting or something like that. I think so. So they are like all those things. Uh, yeah, this book can be like that. But also, what are you doing that triggers those things? Also, that's that. That's the first question. The second question is, okay, all these things we are pointing out, yeah, yeah, they are necessary. We should see them. But what if you fall in love with somebody? That point of please. What if you fall in love with somebody? Yeah, you there's this person very very nice, but just that one red flag. But it doesn't mean like you like enroll them in like in other things or one what house, if though. in a place where in a place where one house please so can hear in a place where um there's process to like healing and all that like not like healing. Being ignorant for healing, I, because I think yeah, that's when you take that to an extreme. Okay. But like you're working with that person to like you're, I don't know. Okay, I, I get your question. So like I said earlier, I said these are not this is not the deal breaker list. Too. This is a list for you to know what you are doing. And I I also want to quickly correct something um, that we use a lot. We've been using it a lot, and I think it's media that trained us to use that word when we say you fell in love you, you don't you don't fall in love you know there's nothing like that you don't it's not like you sleep you just fall and so love is a choice so is is if you start to rewire your mind to say i chose to love this person you discover how much more power you have people used to say you don't choose who you love I'm like what i don't know where that came from really it's a choice you choose to love somebody so don't don't catch yourself saying, I fell in love. If, when you are saying it, that's how the falling happens. You understand? You don't, love is a life commitment, right? You don't, you don't fall into law, for example. You don't, the office where you are working, you didn't fall into the work. <laughs> it's a choice. You pursue it, follow it, and did it, right? So the red flag we are saying here are things that you should take note of because we notice that many times people in a relationship are carried away by emotions. You know, you just watch movie, take ice cream, watch movie, take ice cream, watch movie, take ice cream, then marry. Meanwhile, things you should have, things you should have dealt with since that, ah, you are disrespecting me. You shouldn't talk to people like that. You shouldn't, you shouldn't behave like this to people. And let's deal with this habit. Let's deal with this thing so that you stop before we get to the altar. You just skip it and forget. So you leave the red flag there, then after marriage, it now becomes something that cannot be changed or something that now becomes a problem. That's the idea. The idea is to notice the things that uh, can make the relationship or the marriage not work and then decide if it's a cross you want to carry or decide if it's something you can live with. But to now enter a relationship oblivious you know, is, the, is, the, is the issue we're talking about. Then talking about... Um, the other person saying that one person started something, that's why the other person is now tongue lashing the person and talking anyhow. So the reason why we are focusing, it's not like we're focusing on one person. As we're talking of one person, the other person should be checking. The other thing we are checking is that for a relationship to work, it cannot be fire and petrol. So what you did, yes, but this other person should not be an aggravator of, do you understand? Yes, you bring fire, the other person should be water so that it can work. If it's fire and petrol, then everything is scattered. They may not even bother who started what, do you understand? 
there's a war going on now. Do you think the important conversation right now is who started between Russia and Ukraine? No, just everybody calm down. Somebody should have been smart enough to say, okay, 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 we are not fighting. Do you understand? That's the idea. So the idea is that you look at yourself and then look at the other person too. And then sometimes, hold on, and then sometimes when we say this person did it, we are subconsciously giving away all our power and all our authority to that person. Because no human being is supposed to control you to that extent where you begin to do some of these things. You should have a measure of control over your emotions, a measure of control over how you react. Even when your partner offends you, even when your partner does something that your human nature, as part, your false self, as Pastor Fedi will always say, when that your false self wants to come out, the Holy Spirit is always there, right? To let you know that, yes, this person has done this thing, but there are other ways to go around that situation without having to reduce yourself. Imagine a God reducing yourself to react like somebody that's a common man. No, it shouldn't be. It's hard, but it takes growth for us to get there, where even when you're offended, you still learn how to talk with words that will give life instead of just using your words to kill and damage someone else. Okay, so Simi, Simi has a question. Okay. Sorry, um, oh, this, this should be specific. Um, like, for instance, me, yeah? Um, like, my previous relationship, I think I, I... It was after it ended, that's when I noticed most of the things that went wrong. Because I, my, I, my personality, I'm kind of like... Um, um, I'm, I'm a jealous person. Yes. So... You're jealous. Allow me, please. I'm talking. One house. One house. One house. So, <laughs> one house. I like wow. him. He's very sincere. And he's so, sincere. Um, meanwhile, sorry. My question. I'm not done. Meanwhile, in the in a popular movie, somebody just said if a spouse is not jealous, the relationship will not be nice. So, but that's Lori Ross something here. Yeah. So, so um, I'm jealous in a way that I like. Um, I, I kind of, I like attention from especially those who I care about. Okay. I like, I want to like always... One house now. Guys, so, everybody will ask their question. Yeah, I like attention and I always, I'm always there to like, I call, I keep calling, I call every now and then. But not like a monetary spirit or that, that annoying, jealous person like uh, blah, blah, who are you talking to and all that. So my own is, the point is, yeah, this, this is my person. It was after the thing ended, that's when I noticed. Okay. okay, this is my person. So if I'm going, if I don't, okay, yeah, I found interest in someone else that I like. So will I use that to like discriminate myself because, yeah, bruh, you are jealous and all that and because you're this and that. So did you get my definition of what a red flag is? Did you get my definition of what a red flag is? Things that, things that bring you to notice. No. Well, I wasn't sure if there was a question there so we could answer it. But, you know, one of the things I really want us to try and do as we sit here, um, he, he, I, I love the way he was also being reflective yeah. of saying this is where I contribute. Um, because sometimes when we say the red flags are interesting, but some flags there is red, red, are reddest. <laughs> sorry. No, no, sorry. sorry. No, sorry. Um, if we use the traffic light, there is red, there is yellow, amber, and there is green. There are some things that are quite, like I think physical abuse 
seats, they are reddest. You understand? Lie, why do you keep lie? Some people lie is reddest for them. But some people, they can live with lie. But what you must keep in mind is that um, in the relationship, the question I need us to ask as we go on ahead is, what do you do with the red flags? Is it part of the package? Is it a walk away? Like in the world, they tell you when you meet your red flags, it's time to go. But if you pause it, there is something they said called coping mechanism. So, for instance, if you are very... For people who have a tendency to... Who don't like surprises, who want to have... Who have this sense of, I want to be able to arrange stuff. It didn't start out as being controlling. Yeah. It actually started way... It's sort of a good thing. They want to reduce surprises... But when they not get into a relationship, you are not part of the package. So the point is that they have to ensure that things are controlled, right? So they want to know where you're going, where you are. There is a sense of if you're dating somebody and you're, you know you're not, a, some, you're not somebody that is not always mistrusting people. And so they just realize, I beg, who call you? You understand? Do you know, honestly, sometimes you realize the other person is feeding you. Yeah. There's something called trigger. Yeah. So what I need us to really process is... While we're talking about the other person, who lie? They know they're here. Who is not trusting? They know they're here. Who, you know, I think we, we all should pause and ask ourselves, what is the greatest point of tension in your relationship currently? That's if you have one. Or if you've walked away from one, um, even in normal friendship, right? Yeah. If you know that those, these things show. So I want us to be able to put the mirror in front of us as we're talking. So we are making mental lists of the things we want to pray with. Because what you do with your red flags is prayer. Yeah. Um, you, it's, some, it's something to work on. There are, there are growth areas. They are not always dead end. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit, they are dead end. Yeah. But abuse for me, it takes addiction and abuse. They are two quite intense. Yeah. It's going to be very consuming. So if you are in a relationship of addiction, or where the person is dealing with addiction or physical abuse, or emotional abuse, I think it's, they might need therapy. right? So let's just for a second put the mirror in front of us and ask ourselves the question as, where am I? What am I contributing to my relationship currently? Um, if, if, if we put that, we will all find a way to make this evening productive so we don't leave with more red tapes. No. Thank you. Meanwhile, Pastor Fede answered your question. You got it, yeah? Good. Okay. Okay, so. see me. Um... <laughs> So I have, I have three. Say for a friend. Anyways, um, so I have three questions. So I want us, no, I want us to like. Okay, I ask the three together. I want us to expand on three things. I won't say the one that is me. I'm just going to talk in general. Oh, my friends. So, um, you mentioned, someone mentioned Messiah Complex, I think. Yeah. Um, I just want us to, like, can we discuss that more and, and, and yeah, unpack it and look at the implications of it um, and how it can be dealt with. Um, there was one on, oh, now I'm forgetting. I'm nervous because everybody's looking at me. Yeah, yeah, standing in for your friend. We have to look at you. <laughs> oh, emotional availability. Can we unpack that? I have a few thoughts about that, though. I feel like if it, it's if you don't trust the person, right? Or maybe you're not a person that easily trusts people. 
So you, yeah, you don't feel safe enough to be emotionally available. But if you feel safe, I feel like everybody would open up emotionally. Um, the third one was spiritual lordship. I thought that was very interesting. Yes, that's very deep. Can you explain what that means and how that looks and how that can be? Okay, so um, you asked three things. Messiah complex, emotional uh, availability and spiritual lordship. So I think I understand the first and the last one very well. The emotional, being unavailable emotionally, we need to call Isaac to help on that one. Uh, well, of course, Maureen can help and pass for this. So Messiah Complex starts from, first of all, when you start to notice that you feel more attracted to people, you feel you can save from something. So if somebody is, feels, of course, there's nobody that is okay, right? Uh, or perfect. Let me use that word. There's nobody that is perfect. Yeah, so, but you tend to look for more, the more broken, the better, the more I can contribute. So, you, you'll feel that your contribution to the relationship is, is yes, like yeah. Jesus, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm your Jesus. You feel that way. Um, you, you, that thing is a recipe for disaster because at every time it looks as if your healing is not working, you feel less of yourself because as a healer, it should work now. Yeah, that's number one. Number two, anytime the person does anything that makes you, that communicates ingratitude, even though that may not be the intention of it. Remember, the person is healing. Do you understand? It's like a doctor treating somebody and then for whatever person reason, the person does not respond to treatment and then you get angry and you know, that kind of thing. So, because people who do these things are not usually trained to be doctors, as it were. They just have that, I'm helping. And some of you come from movie, Night in Shining Armor, go and save somebody that is sleeping in a tower. You know, the person can't help themselves. So I'm the one that is going to help you, heal you. Pastor Freddie mentioned some things that are very heavy. So in cases of addiction, for example, I can break it. Things that the person's mother has not been able to do, the person's father has not been able to do, the person's family has not been able to do, that we are still now trying to introduce the person to the Holy Spirit that we know is the only person that can help. You feel, no, 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 I can't. So it creates that thing, right? And usually once you have that miserable complex, it doesn't leave you forever, except he's helped too, except you two are helped. So you continue to help the person. So you've heard people say things like, don't marry out of pity. That pity too is part of the, you know, ah, can't help him. You know, there is this statement in worry. I make a sorry, give him, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I hope that unpacks it for you. Do you want to take spiritual lordship? Because spiritual abuse, I wonder. Spiritual it. abuse. Okay, so. Let me start with an example. I used to, I have this friend who recently gave her life to Christ. And then for some reason, she got into a relationship with somebody who felt that he was assistant Holy Spirit. And he consistently kept making her feel bad. If she's reading a book on love or reading 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, he used to shout at her. What are you doing reading about love? Don't you know our God is a consuming fire? All those kind of things. He kept doing that, right? That's one. Secondly, when he gave her a particular time to call her, to call him every day, 6 a.m., if she misses his call, 
by 6 a.m. And maybe she wakes up at 6.15. She wakes up scared that she has missed his call and he's going to be angry. And this is somebody you're in a relationship with. Eventually, you're going to marry, right? And he kept making her feel like she's not deserving of him. He kept using the fact that he's closer to some men of God. So because he was closer to them, he kept making her feel like, you're not taking this spiritual work seriously. I'm trying to help your life. He tries to put her down, even when she was making clear attempts to grow spiritually. But this person was that in, in that was in the position trying to press her down with the kind of song she should listen to, the kind of preacher she should not listen to. She should only listen to these people. And we know that this is our spiritual journey. Some of these things we know is in hierarchies. There are certain people you should not listen to when you're just starting out with your Christian work. But this guy is not like that. He will force, force her to listen to the persons he's been listening to. And he's been in faith for more than 10 years, 15 years. And she, she's just a couple of months old. That is one contest where spiritual abuse comes in. Or some contest where spiritual abuse comes in. Sorry, I, I just want to add. Because sometimes you see it in marriages where people are married to men of God. And sometimes when they speak, they speak as if God has spoken. You understand that? No, we are going here. It's as if, you know. <laughs> Sometimes if you did not notice that God spoke, they will, they will coin it to say, my spirit is saying that. My spirit. Or the Holy Spirit is telling me. Usually, and the idea is that once I've phrased it like that, you can't question it or you can't do anything. And really, it's nothing. See, eh, I, I like this topic. You know, Maybe we should do an entire sermon on it because... <laughs> If you see the people who actually work with God, people who really, 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 really work with God, they were not like that. Um, one time when there was argument between, you know, the Gentile and the Greek church on circumcision, do you know what Peter said? Peter said it made sense to us and to the Holy Spirit that we should not put this thing on you. Do, do you see that level of, of communion between him and the Holy Spirit? It's not... It's, Joseph is not a slave master. He's not a slave driver. It's not... Hey, we, before the service, we were just inside about people who say, I'll not move to the Holy Spirit to say something. Usually, the Holy Spirit will not say anything. Because the Holy Spirit is not trying to establish that kind of relationship with you where you won't do anything. How many people here today that it was the Holy Spirit that told you to wear the shirt you were wearing? Or I'll wait at home now and say, if the Holy Spirit does not tell me to come for today's service, I won't come. What, what kind of life is that? Check the Bible. No Holy Spirit told David to fight Goliath. No Holy Spirit told David to build temple. They moved. So the idea is that you know the mind of Christ. And because you have the mind of God, you should know what God wants. Now, if there's something you're about to do that you shouldn't do, then the Holy Ghost steps in and says, don't do this one. The idea of the Holy Ghost is to guide you. So it's easier to guide a vehicle that is already moving than to push one that is not moving into motion. So... This is why sometimes people who do these things don't achieve much. Meanwhile, it's, it's what we call permission syndrome, where people are waiting for permission, they're waiting for permission. Meanwhile, people that are not waiting for permission, they've built Facebook, built Twitter, built everything. People that are waiting for permission, no MVP yet. Do you understand? Yeah, just, just putting that out there. Okay, Toby, just to add, I don't want us to leave here and go and break up with your boyfriend because you hear that there's something called Missenic Complex where you're always trying to save people, there is, what we are speaking to is more a pattern than an isolation event. So for instance, if you know your last three boyfriends have been people who are in between jobs 
And in that relationship, you had to pick the bills, oftentimes from Uber to buying gifts to going out. And then you, the, 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 what might be feeding that is what we are looking at is the pattern because we are all born into a conditioned world. But if you're dating somebody now who is in between jobs, it doesn't mean he's wrong for you because he's in between jobs. It doesn't mean you should not be supportive because he's in between jobs. So we shouldn't take, a, a, take, a, 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 take it that we should put the context. But there is a sense that you're supportive, you're encouraging. The Masonic complex most times happen to first daughters where you're having to take responsibility for your younger ones. Right, so they just have this thing of always wanting to expand themselves, and there are two things that happens in the first in this particular instance. One of them is that sometimes, if you feel deeply that you're unworthy of love, and you're worthy of affection, you always feel like you have to settle down to. You you, you don't always want to go for what what you feel is best for you because you feel you're not deserving of love. So there could also be a deep-seated unworthiness that is feeling that you're. A way of not always wanting to set, just look for something around the corner. You go for what is available, oftentimes than uh, a sense of okay, this is what I want, and there is nothing wrong in what we want. You're God's child. You can you can have desires, but let it not be shaped by culture and greed. Let it be inspired by the Spirit and from a place of self-awareness, right? Um, so it's important for you to understand if you're in a relationship with a girl or a guy that's in between jobs, don't stop being kind and supportive. Um, you're not saving the day you're helping a friend. But if that becomes a prolonged pattern where the person is not exercising themselves to wanting to be better, then you might want to check it out. So look out for patterns than looking out for one thing. The second one is about spiritual abuse. Happens for people that date spiritual fathers or you're dating somebody with sort of like a spiritual authority, like a pastor or someone. Oftentimes, people use theology to suppress and they use theology to manipulate. And you also should be discerning to know, because sometimes you ascribe a lot to them or subscribe a lot from them. All they think about God is how you perceive God. And you get into their web of manipulation, where oftentimes some women have spent years building houses, expanding themselves, and never quite satisfying the person. So no one should inspire fear in your heart, because God is not God that inspires fear. He's the one that ends fear. So if you're dating a spiritual person that is manipulating you with theology, when you have a dream, they tell you some, you have done something wrong, you're, you're, they manipulate you with condemnation and greed, you have to leave that environment. And it's not always in a dating relationship. Sometimes it's even in a pastor a congregation relationship where they are highlighting the wrongs about you so that they can keep you dependent on them for sustenance. That is a very sick system. Opt out. Okay, I, I just want to say, please let's clap, let's clap to that. I, I just want to say that these things, they are not, okay, so perhaps what we are saying is that there are things to note and things to be addressed. It's not something you, remember I said this is not the deal breaker list, there's a deal breaker list. This is a list of area of concern. Let's deal with this thing, you know. Um, it's something you notice, for example, you notice something in your body, you quickly treat it. It's not everything that amputation is the next thing. You understand? Yeah. So this thing is, yeah, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's talk about it. You know, you notice something about your partner or about yourself. You know, as far as let's use mirror. So this thing, I'm, I notice I get angry. I notice that if I've not seen a call from the person I'm dating in 12 hours, I, you know, Anxiety arises and all of that. This is something I need to deal with. So it's, an, it's a pointer to things that should be dealt with. For example, if somebody does not apologize on time, you just need to let the person know, oh, God, when you are wrong, you say sorry. Uh, buy me gifts does not cut it. 
uh, unless you know that kind of thing, and then you work on it, you work on it, and people can change if they want to, if they give themselves to it, right? Okay, on the question of emotional unavailability. So, there are certain persons when you're in a relationship with them, they're not comfortable expressing their emotions. They hide their emotions to themselves. Sometimes it's an indication of hurt, past traumas or something. Sometimes they just were not taught how to be open to people. Sometimes they are also very <laughs> unresponsive to your own emotions. When you do something that you're excited about or when you do something that gets you very excited, they are like, what is it? Why are you so excited? Some persons are like that. They don't care about your emotions. Even when they do things that hurt you, they, are not, they can't apologize. They don't care. Let everybody just be going. And <laughs> okay, so there's a question online. Um, some wildflower, wildflower, hello, we see you. Hello, church. What do you do about someone who uses God as the reason for every unhealthy decision they make? You ask them why they are not talking, and the answer is that God said they shouldn't talk. They use God as an excuse. The, the question continues, but this is okay. Um, wow. <laughs> Sorry, so many interesting scriptures were coming in my mind. And one interesting one came. It says, the prophet is a madman. <laughs> okay, so God is very, um, he's a very compassionate God. God um, knows that you are in a relationship with somebody. And God puts that relationship in account when telling you to do things. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that if a woman gives a vow in church, and for whatever reason, the husband says no. The answer from God is no. Because God put a structure in place. Which is why even in the Garden of Eden, God came to meet Adam to say, you know. So, God takes into account your emotion, you know. Uh, I heard of someone once that, you know, God does not care about your tears. I, I, I just... <laughs> you know, I have, there are plenty of salmon, so if you, I'll just go to the next one. Yeah, there's no need. Uh, because <laughs> God takes your emotion into account. The Bible says that when you are married and you want to fast, right? Because some people believe that abstaining from sex is part of fasting. We appreciate God for them. God says, if that is your own position, before you start, you will first of all talk to your partner. And the two of you must agree on what constitutes the fast and how long before you come back to me. God said that if you want to go and offer a sacrifice to somebody and you have hurt against your brother, I said, keep it. Go back to the person eh? and tell the person sorry. When Sarah became very uncomfortable with the maid that was in their house. And Abraham told God that, 
her, this woman, she's, she's the one that started everything, and she's the one that's not gone. God told Abraham, go and do what your wife told you. This is the one that he told us later, I used to call Abraham Lord. And Lord told Lord to go and do what wife told Lord to do. Do you understand? I can, I can go on, go on. I can, you know many times, the reason why people can lord things over you is because you two, you will now search scripture and so see scenario one, scenario two, scenario three, scenario four, scenario Which God are you talking about? Is it this one that is behaving like this? Do you understand? So the first thing I will tell the person is, um, you should research how God deals with couples, right? Research how God deals with marriages or people that are in a relationship. You will see that God takes the, the emotion and the reasoning of the other person. God said, can two work together except they be agreed. If you and your wife can't agree on what God will tell you to do, the two of you won't go far in what God wants you to do as a family. You, you marriage, you either have to break for one person to follow their God or you will not go anywhere. So that thing is not true. And if you watch many of our fathers of faith who are accurate with God, many times, um, I can call maybe 15 examples. Um, Benin, yeah, they were all of them, they were all of them. Many times when God tells them to do something hard, they will tell God that this thing, if you can, you tell my wife to agree, then I will do it. Many times, many, 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 many times. And we've done it ourselves, but I want to use the example of patriarchs. Plus, the ones that have gone to be with God was one. Move, leave this place, go to a forest. Ah, you know I'm married. I won't go. Tell my wife, can I again? The same thing, all of them. They don't drag people around because God says something. If the person you are dating is not born again, then perhaps the only spirit that I have, she has it too. Hey, then let the communication go around. Then everybody knows that this is our direction. So do you, do you understand? He's, I'm not God's uh, concubine. I'm not grandchild. If he's telling you something, he can tell me too. And then we can all agree and move forward. Don't let anybody lord God said over you. You can call the same God and find out. Yeah. Question. Okay. So, yes. Um, I just want to add something to what um, Simi said, our question around the um, spiritual lordship. I, I think sometimes we should even take our minds away from the spirituality. It can be someone that is more intellectual, it can be someone that has something more. And I think maybe it's tradition or culture. There's this sense that most guys have that, like, I own you, right? So you have to do what I tell you to do as a husband. And I think we, if you want a marriage that works, I think we have to, we don't own any human being. You know, even God that owns us doesn't have that sense of control of ours. I think that, um, I like what Pastor Freddy said about um, reflective. I think we should start by identifying these flags in our lives. And it's very relatable, it's, it's all related. We being born again is, the idea is to help us identify the new DNA and qualities we have in God, right? So that all those other attributes that are lying to us and saying we are this, we are that, we're able to ad properly identify them and know that, okay, I need to deal with these things. Because if we don't, those things are, are the things that you need in marriage. The kindness, the Bible talks about fruit of the spirit, the love, the gentleness, the self-control, are the things you need to have a successful or a fruitful marriage. So I think we need to identify those, we need to own them, 
Because if we don't, we will settle for less love. We will not be able to see what love truly is. And then we settle, we'll feel like in love, we feel like we are helplessly in love, and we settle for any other thing. But when we see what love truly is, you know, as Christ has, has defined it, then when we see any other thing that is not, we are not going to settle for it. And we're also able to accommodate the faults because we know that we can't marry someone who is perfect. We also have the wisdom, the knowledge, as the Holy Spirit has given to us, we're able to accommodate it and have a good marriage. I've been married for a while now. I know that there are some things I can never change. So the moment I, had, I accepted it in my mind, I had the kind of peace I never imagined in my life. You understand? So those are the kind of things I feel you know, would help us. You know, I just thought you add, to add that. Thank you. Somebody has a question. Oh, yes, please, after her, Tombara. Tombara has been raising his answers. Sorry. No, 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 ask your question then. We'll just add his own question then, answer the two so, together. Okay, great. So what I'm saying is, I'm not necessarily asking a question. I'm just buttressing what he just said. Um, I'm married, and, you know, when you were saying some of the red flags, I was like, ah. <laughs> it's like, I'm this red flag. So, and, you know, I, I, I like what he said in the sense that it's very important for us to also introspect. There's always a tendency to say, this person is at fault, this person did this, this person did that. And if I'm being frank, in my marriage, most of the time, it's me. No, it's the truth. And I wish that I had gone on this journey before I got married of identifying some of these red flags and walking on them, like you said, in Christ with the Holy Spirit inside of you because you are who you are in Christ. These are just things that are not you. They are not me. So if we had gone on that journey better, it would be an easier ride for me now. But I'm having to deal all, with all of that now. I'm putting God's person, you know, through that grilling process as well, and it could have been avoided. So this is, I guess, my call to people who are married, right? Just also use this opportunity to look at yourself, introspect, and be very honest. Most of the time, you get these things through feedback. You know, a friend, a colleague, they make comments, they say things, but you brush them aside. And when you're married, that person is feeling that heat of you on a daily. Something that a colleague would feel and just go home and whatever. That person has to deal with that day in, day out, and at a point, it can be a lot. So that's my two cents. Thank you. Let's clap to that. That's, that's very beautiful. Hello. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> 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 Okay, um, so I think my question is for Pastor Toby and Pastor Maureen. Uh, so you guys have been married for a long time. So I feel... Two years, <laughs> long please. Time. Two years. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so triggers, first of all. So um, how do you... You say you don't fall in love. So you choose to love. So... How do you um, strike a balance if you have to choose to love? Because I, w I want to be very sincere. So choose to love, you have to put a lot of things, okay, physical, spiritual, character, and all the stuff. Because priorities sometimes misplaced. So people don't know their priorities, they fall in love, and there is red, red flag to wear suits. And they will live in that, um, in that relationship. So. Um, how do you how do you define that should I say trigger of choice to say okay I choose to love this person and 
basically, I think that would be your saving grace to identify red flag quickly and practically treat them before things go south. Okay. Wow. Some of these questions, eh, it just take time to treat. Jesus. Okay, so first of all, eh, we confuse being attracted to somebody sometimes with love. You know, and again, media did not help, you know. You know, in media they just show the girl come inside and then they start from the leg or if it's Indian movie, she just wave something. You know, you want something, something, and then you now start. Before you know, zobi, 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 zobi. Before you know, the two of them are in the middle of a dancing thing. You dance, 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 dance. Before you know, the boy is looking for bread price. So, sorry, the girl is looking for. I think we should go back there and marry. So, um. Make sure your attributes are beyond superficial. Make sure the things you want in a relationship are beyond the things you can see at first sight. The reason why there is something called love at first sight is because it's possible for everything you are looking for in a marriage is what you see. Guess what? In a marriage, things you see, they change. In fact, the Bible says that beauty fades over time and charm can be deceptive. But it's godly character that stays the test of time. You know, mostly the things that they show from ground up, usually after two children, you have to just stay with the wedding picture if that's what you want to keep saying. Do you understand? So the things that stay, the things that are beyond superficial, the attitude, the person's mindset, if those are the things that you consider before you choose to love somebody, then... You won't fall into it. It will be a conscious decision to say that we have common values. We love God. This person understands my journey. We understand each other. We speak the same language. There are few, nobody is perfect. So there are a few things here and there, but I can live with this or we can deal with this. So the what you are choosing is, I, I, I don't want to use example that will not match, right? But if you see somebody who truly is a car freak. Eh? He's not going to be impressed with how the car looks. He wants to see the horsepower. He wants to know zero to 60, how many seconds. He wants to know, is he front wheel drive? Is he, uh, the person who gets attracted by just seeing Kai, see the way the logo came out. Those that the people that fall, yes, the superficial, do you understand? The person who really understands cars will go deeper than the color or how it looks. In the same way, the person who understands relationship and love will go beyond, you know, the superficial things. He knows that these things are a plus. Meanwhile, I'm not saying that you should not, you should not consider the appearance. I hope he, he join or he follow. It's a, combi <laughs> it's a combination of things. Yeah. Because there's a tendency for people to hear that, no, 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 don't. I want to see what's inside. You are not marrying the intestines. So it's, <laughs> it's everything. So, but it has to be a combination of things. But you have to know that what I'm looking for is deeper than what is superficial. I need a real person. I want, get in, I want to know the person before I now choose to love. I think that is where we can strike the balance. But 
more you can help. So to give you some pointers on specific things that are important that, as I was saying, inside. Number one, what you should be looking for is that person's personal relationship with God first. How is that personal relationship with God assize you? There are certain people who come to church because of you. Right? There are certain people who start coming to church because this person goes to church. And if I go to that church, I have a better chance. Well, it has worked for some people, but don't gamble it. You have to check for that person's personal relationship with God. And then you also have to check uh, how that person is conforming to the image of Christ. Because that's the goal everybody is on. We're all on that journey to becoming more like Christ. That's why we put into place the fruit of the Spirit, the character, sorry, the characters of God that is evident in the person's life. We check out, check out for that. Some of these red flags that we're identifying is just an indication of how far this person is from Jesus and how close the person is from Jesus. If you want to tackle the red flags for everyone who you look at your life, you're like you're identifying some of these red flags. To so tackle it is not to go picking at them one by one. Just focus on your personal relationship with God, asking the, um, working in partnership with the Holy Spirit to grow you and help you conform to the image of Christ. That's a better way to deal with them. Because if you, this is 18 plus 8, that's about 26. If you want to start taking them one after the other, if you old and all of that. So check how close that person is to the image of Christ and check how, how I would say, how that person is working also in partnership with God to live their life for God, maybe advance the kingdom and all of that. Those are very important things to look out for. And then, of course, um, the body and every other thing. Okay, I, I want to add something as we round off. That um, if you've watched a father, a, a good father, who is very wise and intelligent, and he wants to hand over his company to his son, there's a time he can look at his son and say, you're not ready yet. What is the father saying that is making him say, you're going to take over this company one day, but right now, you're not ready. What he's saying are those red flags. Now, as he's talking to the son, he's still telling the son that you're still going to take over the company, but we will work on you till you're ready, right? So sometimes these red flags are the reasons why you can say, we are not marrying now, we wait 10 months, because you need to work on this anger. Uh, this thing, uh, you will now say you were not yourself after you've done things. And I want to marry you. Uh, this third person that used to take over <laughs> when things happen, I don't want the person in our marriage. So we have to chase this person. He's a man we cleave to his wife. There's no, yeah, you understand? that person that used to take over, we don't want that. We don't, you understand? You don't want <laughs> multiple. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> I don't know what came over you. So that anointing you used to receive, we have to demand to it. You know? um, so sometimes it's the reason why you take your time to say, okay, we can't rush this because there are still issues to deal with. And many times it can be with you. You know, Sometimes you can tell the person, I love you, but wait, give me time. <laughs> There's something I need to deal with. Because sometimes you've met people who would say, Kai, if you did this thing to me last year, what I will have done to you? Eh, eh. The person too should not have married last year. Do you understand? 
Uh, uh, you should marry at the time when you can say, Kai, thank God, God has changed me. If not before, uh, uh, the person should not have married in the before. You should. So for single people, you can identify those things you need to work on now. So that if it happens to you, my, you say, you get luck. Uh, yes, that's the one we want. Do you understand? So there are things to work on. There are things to work on. Perhaps a time will come to talk about things that if you see, like Pastor said, opt out, things you see and just leave. These are not the ones per se. These are just things that are worth um, taking note of so that you don't then carry it over into the uh, marriage and then you become things that you can't work on. Uh, Yoruba people will say, Kekere Latin Kweka Iroko. Who understands that thing? Kekere Latin Kweka Iroko. Mojoin. Simisola. What? Ha. Who will, who will save us? Please. Give her. Give her. Sandra, let's take our offerings. It invariably says you deal with things from the roots. By the time it grows too big, it's difficult to cut. Okay, beautiful. In an, for an Iroko tree, it is when the Iroko tree is still small that you prune it. You understand? And it gets very big. You can't prune it again because the, the branches have gotten too big. That's the idea. Okay, so we are going to be praying. And this prayer today is not this. We've not gotten to the part where you pray for your partner. We'll do that maybe next week. Today you are praying for yourself, and you are looking at the things that constitute red flag in your own life. Things that can sabotage your relationship or have sabotaged your relationships before in the past. You know, and even though we did a list of nearly thirty things, I assure you, perhaps maybe we did maybe forty or fifty percent of it. There are a number of other things that. Um, we didn't touch. We didn't touch things like stinginess. We didn't touch things like selfishness. We'll do part two, you know, and we'll talk about those other things. Uh, why people are inconsiderate, you know, or people disrespect your family members, you know, or people, they are nice to you, but they are not nice to others. You know, you see people, you know, have two different personalities, all of that. There are a number of things. And one of the things that this shows is that sometimes a human being cannot do everything. No matter how much somebody points things out to you, you may not know. And sometimes you may even be at the stage of your life where something is inside you and you can't see it, you know? Nobody knew that the shepherd boy can ever get to a point where he will take somebody's wife and kill the person. This is somebody who will not kill Saul, who had declared himself his enemy. But sometimes things can spring up beyond what we can see. This is why we trust the Holy Spirit. So there is a prayer that David prayed, which I also pray a lot myself. David said, search my heart. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. He said, and lead me in the way everlasting. Deep prayer. Prayer of champions. So God, help me. The things that can sabotage my relationship. Sometimes these things sabotages our relationship even with God. Right? And our friends. It's not just who you are dating. Sometimes your relationship with your colleagues. Sometimes your relationship with friends. You know? Sometimes your relationship with your siblings. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. Prune my heart. Tune my heart. 
Help me deal with this rage, this anger. Help me deal with uncontrolled jealousy. Help me deal with unguardedness. Help me deal with pettiness. There's a way little things get to me. Hi. There's a way little things just make me go overboard. Lord, have mercy on me. I keep record of wrongs. I know the people who offended me in primary six. And you say love. Eh? Keeps no records of wrong. Lord, help me. The Bible says the love of God constrains us. The love of God defines our boundaries. Say, Lord, put more of your love in me. The Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So the love is already deposited in our spirits, right? But we need this to start to permeate our hearts our being. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Sometimes we need power to forgive uh, because it's, it's easier not to forgive. In fact, you need strength. You need power from God to forgive. That's what strong people do. Yeah, It is, it is a sign of weakness when five years, six years, seven years, you still can't forgive. And it's not, it's not like we are strong by ourselves. Nobody really truly has power to forgive. The power to forgive is supplied. Maybe it has been supplied, but we've not appropriated it. Say, Holy Ghost, help me. You said I have capacity to do it, but somehow I'm struggling. Holy Ghost, help me. Help me forgive these people that have, that have wronged me in the past. Holy Ghost, all my new relationships, I, com- I compare them to relationships of the past, but you said I should remember not the former things, that you will do a new thing. Lord, I yield myself to the new thing you are, you are doing, to the new people you are bringing. Help me to love them just like you love the church. Help me to love them. Help me to show love. Help me to forgive. Help me to forgive. Help me to be gentle. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is one of it is a is a dimension of the fruit of the spirit. Being gentle, being kind, right? Say so these things they, they are in me, but they must find the expression. They must find the expression. They must find the expression. Pray, pray, pray. Use words. Use words. Those things. Mention them to God. It's just you and God. Mention them to God. Mention them to God. I, I, am impatient. Help me. Help me. I cannot. This is, this is not me. This is my false self that is always impatient. But I am patient. I am patient. Part of what you need to do is to affirm who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ. I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have endurance. I am kind. I am good. I am faithful. I am gentle. I have self-control. Yeah. Yeah. I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have endurance. (laughs) I'm kind. I'm good. I'm faithful. I'm gentle. I have self-control. So be that Thank you, Jesus. All right, so in Jesus' name we've prayed. I want everybody to repeat after me. I'm reading Galatians 5.23 and I'm reading ESV version um, and then you just repeat after me, right? Uh, I'm not doing KJV because KJV has so far long and it might be misconstrued, long suffering, right? 
mean different things to different people. Say in the name of Jesus, I have love. I have joy. I have peace. I have patience. I am kind. I am good. I am faithful. I am gentle. I have self-control. Say it again in the name of Jesus. I am loving. I am joyful. I am peaceful. I am patient. I am kind. I am good. I am faithful. I am gentle. I have self-control. In the name of Jesus, I am loving. I am joyful. I am peaceful. I have patience. I am kind. I am good. I am faithful. I am gentle. I have self-control. So think of those words that you mentioned. I'm joyful. Believe them to be you because it's true. It doesn't matter what you're manifesting right now. These fruits, they are in you and they must come out. It doesn't matter sometimes if the ground looks empty. If the seed is in the ground, it will come out. It will come out. It will come out. The seed will come out. If it has fallen on a good soil, it will come out. It will come out. It will manifest. It will manifest. Sometimes there's weed first, but Jesus comes to clear out the weed. He said, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Weed has passed away. Anger has passed away. Malice has passed away. <laughs> Unforgiveness has passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are love. Joyful. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. The Bible says, against such things, there is no law. You walk in these things, you walk perfectly with God. And that's why Jesus could confidently tell us, say, be ye perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus trusts that when this fruit abides and starts to manifest, the things we will do against such, there will be no law. We we'll truly walk in grace. Say it again to yourself, I'm full of love. I'm full of joy. I'm full of peace. I am patient, I am kind, I am good, I am faithful, I am gentle, I have self-control. I'm full of love, I'm full of joy, I'm full of peace, I'm kind, I'm patient, I'm loving. I love without holding back. I have peace in every circumstance. I am kind to everybody. I am good. I am faithful. I can be trusted just like my father can be trusted. Maybe in the past, people said I'm not reliable. People said I can't be trusted. Not anymore. <laughs> old things have passed away all things have become new now I can be trusted now I'm reliable now I'm faithful I have integrity I am good I am gentle 
thank you Jesus I'm full of love I'm full of love I'm full of love I'm full of love you can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com follow us on Instagram Facebook and Twitter on the Tribe Lagos God bless.